throws it onto the left. One last roll of the dice for Leo! Leo Berry, you start! It's over! <laughs> Melbourne fans breathe it in! Well, I think the only thing missing from that intro is Jakey Melksham's 50 metre goal on the uh, weekend against the Hawks. Matty, what do you reckon? Oh, it wasn't that sensational. Absolutely. Yeah, the building quite a nice little finals package, aren't they? Oh, they are. They are. Hey, Josh, we're not going to leave you out. Oh. We're not going to leave you Does out. Does that send shivers down your spine, or is it just me? The Collingwood, yeah. Oh, it's it is quite. Um, it's all coming to a halt this weekend, isn't it? No, it'll be it'll be roaring around the G this Friday night. Yeah. What do we make of the especially late in the game? What do we make of the? I, I suppose we'll talk about the Friday night battle first. That's just going to be. Geez, Melbourne's going to have to be locked down, isn't it? The, the CBD and Richmond areas. It's going to be tribal life. Oh yeah. Back in the fifties at Vic Park. I was thinking about that the other day. It is going to be tribal like. It's just two armies going at each other, and I just cannot wait. I've got tickets. Um, yeah, which was throwing beautiful. them on Gumtree for two. No, days, I, was, I couldn't do it. I was thinking about that. The other day. I'm like, I'm going to experience this. Win, lose, or obviously you can't draw, but. This is going to be an experience that I'm going to remember forever. Just because it's a prelim, mm-hmm. two of the biggest sides in the competition, two of the most traditional signs, arch rivals. I think I'll remember this, you know, for the rest of your life. So mm. you, that I'll take the experience over the funds any day. Yeah, no, certainly the excitement is um, it's bubbling for both of us, isn't it? Oh, it is. My household, we're one Melbourne supporter, one Richmond supporter, and one Collingwood supporter, so... If you said that at the start of the year, that we'd all be in a preliminary final, you would eat your well, hat. That's what Actually, we're yes. saying on the WhatsApp, our little code offers WhatsApp group, which is a very exclusive group, by the way. But like you were saying, Maddie, that you know, you got an email about getting in the ballot for the grand final, and <laughs> I got one the other day as a Collingwood member as well. And I'm just like, this time last year, Nathan Buckley was all but gone, yeah, and now he's taken the team to the prelim final, which is just extraordinary. Mm. It is. It's a massive. By both teams. Yeah, it is. Massively Better different to the old man that he registered me. Yeah, well, I got in. Don't worry about that. I got in the ballot. It's like getting in the ballot for the Fools Festival. <laughs> very exciting, but you just don't know what bands are going to play yet. Um, but, Matty, we'll move on to the to the Saturday Fable game. Brothers. The, the Saturday The Saturday game, which is the D's taking on the West Coast. And I think Melbourne are going in as favourites. Last time I checked with the book. Oh, not quite. The, mo- not the, early, quite. the early money's been for West Coast. I think they opened up at about... A dollar eighty-five each, but um, Melbourne's out to about two dollars, two dollars and five cents, which is probably about right. Right, yeah, it is correct. You, you take that home advantage yeah. um, with West Coast. They played some good footy. I think since they last matched up, where Melbourne just got over Changed. the line, the two big inclusions for West Coast being Kennedy and obviously Darling went down early in that game. It, it counters a little bit with the fact that Viney's in for Melbourne, but you think the two wins for West Coast just outweigh the one for Melbourne there. Especially yeah, you, how important they the structure are to, to the side, especially. But that, it is going to be a red hot contest, and Melbourne will go over there with the belief that they can get the job the, done. The people complaining about this being a, like a 
one o'clock start over there. It's going to be too hot. I don't think the players could give a rat's toss back, no, would they? No, like they're play they're in a prem, uh, prelim final, and Melbourne have never been there or haven't been there for twelve odd years. I, I think they'd play on Mars if they had to. It's one thing you never really find out is what, when do the players prefer to play. I mean, it's always about the fans and the spectators watching the footy. But TV rights. Do the, do the the guys who actually run out on the field prefer to play during the day or at night? I know personally I'd rather run around in the day because you can see the ball better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's you know it's drier. Um, there's not as much moisture in the air, so it's a lot cleaner. Yeah, I think footy's it's much better in the day. Well, we play the grand final in a day. Exactly. So, yeah, why not? Well, it will be hot, but the contest will obviously be ferocious as well. And I suppose it's going to be the battle of the who can contain a Kennedy and a Darling. Do, it, do Melbourne trust enough that Oscar McDonald and um, Frost will be able to handle to handle the workload. They have to. Yeah, they, they have got no other options. Um, yeah. And I think they'll have to be confident in that matchup. It's worked for them the last month. And I think they'll make the right move and put Frost on Kennedy so they yeah, can get him on the lead worse. a bit more. Uh, and then Oscar will take Darling, who, who has got an engine and can run, but I think he's got, if he's further up the ground getting his, it's, his it's touches, that's fine. And, and one thing that people do talk about, with that, especially that new um, stadium over there, is the crowd noise. And... Obviously, it's going to be very outnumbered um, towards West Coast supporters. And Josh, you saw firsthand on the weekend at the GWS Collingwood game that it's it's like battling another player on the field. Really, it is. It? It's just loud and it's absorbing for the home side. Yeah, but it has the complete opposite effect. I'm guessing on the away side, especially if you don't get off to a good start. Mm. Like if Melbourne get off to a poor start, um, and West Coast are all over them, they'll find it even harder than it would be normally to get back on top. So I think the start's going to be important. I think they will get the good start because, you know, Eagles have only played the two games in the last four weeks. Um, They'll be raring to go, but they're still going to have a little bit of, a few nooks and crannies going around, and they're going to be a little bit rusty, whereas Melbourne are just full of momentum at the Mm -hmm. moment, and they're playing off just, like, their natural ability and just running hard and pushing hard. So... It'll be interesting. And that's one thing we saw two years ago when the two teams that won the first and second qualifying finals lost in the preliminary final round. It'll be interesting to see how Richmond and West Coast um, shape up this weekend mm. with the home final and obviously the week off and then having the week off before their first final as mm. well, whether that affects them. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see. I think the, the midfield battle will be interesting. Like, you've got Shuey who... And Melbourne... Now that Viney's back in, they've got a little bit more pace, but Melbourne have not struggled, but um, to play against teams with faster midfields every now and then, like when they played Collingwood during the year, you know, Trelaw and that cut them to bits because they're a bit quicker. They've probably conditioned themselves a bit better now, but that'll be an interesting one, trying to get over the top of Shuey, maybe Jetta through the middle as well, but I'm sure they'll be able to counter it. Their strength over the last month has been that chaos footy. The way they've moved the ball from end to end has just been lightning fast and they might necessarily have the foot speed but they've got the speed by foot and by hand with the footy yeah. um, and that's been just so deadly in the last couple of weeks yeah. and they've got a man called Max Gordon who is mm. you know the best and it's the same can be said for Collingwood two of the best ruckmen in the competition it's got to count for something over and there is that something that Collingwood's really got to lean on and know that they've got a huge advantage in the ruck and find a way to make that um, against Richmond. Teams, teams that do have dominant Ruckman against Richmond, teams that look like they have better Ruckman than, it's say, sort of a Nank Curvis. Sort of Richmond still, still nullify it somehow. And, there must be a way to take advantage of it. That someone's going to figure it out one day. And it could be Collingwood this weekend, or it could be 
uh, Melbourne or West Coast the week after if Richmond had a win? I think the, the thing is, is that Richmond is so good across the whole ground. Like It doesn't really matter when they do lose the ruck contest because they just make up for it in every other element of the ground. So that's where Collingwood have got to be um, more superior than what they have been in the past, especially going forward and taking your chances. Mm. Because it only matters if you do take your chances. You can have as much forward thrust as you want. But until you actually kick goals and put scoreboard pressure on Richmond, they don't seem to get too you know, agitated about it. One man Richmond might be a bit worried about is Steel Sidebottom as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in some great finals form at the moment. And just a really class act. Rarely misses a target by foot. And you know one of the best decision makers in the comp. If he gets off the chain, um, then that's going to cause some worry for Richmond. But... You know, Richmond saying that. Well, They've got Dustin Martin. Dust, what about Dusty? He, there's been a lot of talk over the last two weeks. I think he's going to be just as influ- influential as he has been the last two years. He'll play. There's no, oh, no doubt he'll play. I mean, Neil Baum said on radio on Monday that he's um, you'd put the house on him to play. But the question is, for a guy who hasn't trained probably for a week and a half now, and there's clearly a little bit of a concern there to some degree, whether it's a 2% concern or yeah. a 20% concern, what level of effect does that have on him and his output? But then you, you see that with a, a person like Dusty Martin. He can quite easily just go and play inside the 50 for you know large spells of the game. He might not have to run as much as he usually does. And to say that, like Dusty doesn't run that much anyway as a midfielder. Um, and and also, know. he's only missed five games of footy in his mainies. Like oh, right. career. career, so he would have played through some sort of injuries yeah. before. So I'm guessing he's well equipped to be able to handle that. Mm. So especially in a prelim. games, for, to, yeah, exactly right. But just with the steel side bottom one, boys, I was there live last week, and he is phenomenal when he's at his best. Absolutely first class. What? Where do you rate him in in, in midfield terms? Well, he's probably Collingwood's best player at the. Oh, Grundy. He's certainly their best mid at the moment. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. But like. At his very best, he's just as has a he just he has just as much of an impact as a lot of the top quality mids yeah. for Collingwood as other mids do for their team. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, his poise will be vital on unbelievable. On night. He he does the thing where like he has it in one hand and then directs traffic with the other, yeah. like tells the like the players his teammates where they should be running to. There's no panic. There's no no, no panic. And when you have when he has the ball, you know. Like a couple of our players, like James Ace and that, your sphincter sort of tightens up a little bit. But then when like they, you're like, just give it to Steel, give it to Steel, and you have a big sigh of relief, you know? So he's but one of those. Melbourne have a few blokes like that where yeah. you, your sphincter starts getting a little bit tight and you, you, your breath starts to get a bit heavier and you get, oh, and you get a bit worried. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. They're, they're both teams are there for a reason. We had a lot more of those players 10 years ago. Exactly. Oh, three years ago. Oh, yeah. Richmond, yeah. like. Pressure's all on them. It is all on them. And, like, not many teams go two and two. So, But they're an unbelievable side with the leadership they have, like Jack Rewalt and Trent Cotchin and the like, Dylan Grimes. They're going to be hard to beat. I know it's a preliminary final and that the history would say that they're generally 50-50 contests. Both teams have a genuine shot of winning. But it feels as though the public's almost just accepted that Richmond will be playing off in a grand final yeah. and could go back to back. There's a level of just complacency about that result. Yeah. I, I don't feel that way. I think Collingwood are up to their eyeballs in this contest. Oh, on the Friday night. Yeah. 
more so than what Hawthorne were in, in the first match. And Very I, much I so. certainly give Collingwood more of a chance in this game than I did Hawthorne in that first week. Because we play a bit more a like-for-like game yeah. with Richmond, it's going to be hard because you know how good they are when they do go forward because they make their ch- they have chances, they take their chances. And in a mi- big final, that's what matters. Mm. And so it's going to be interesting to see if we can nullify their effect going forward. Just quickly, we'll get some tips off you now, Maddie, for, for both games. Uh, look, I've got to go with my heart on, on over in the West. I'm going to go the Ds. I do think we'll beat them as well. Um, oh, I've just got this funny feeling. I don't know why, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with it because it's in my gut. I'm going to say Collingwood's going to beat Richmond on Friday night. I'm going Collingwood-Melbourne. I'm going to go. <laughs> and it's going to be an interesting. It's think... going to be an interesting final Imagine next week if that was the case. case. Uh, I'll get smashed from Richmond's Porter saying that I'm biased against them again, but I just have this feeling. I I, I think I tend to have that little feeling, but I just think Richmond will be just too good, and I think it'll be a very close game, and I do think that Melbourne just have too much class and and will and want to um, get to the grand final, Um, so I'm going to tip them. Um, Stuff that makes even bigger news in the actual games is is trade rumours, Matty, and um, apparently gets a lot of traction on certain websites and in radio stations and that. And, you know, it's heating up again. We saw Tom Lynch come out today. Didn't nominate what club. It's fair to say we know that he's going to Richmond. We saw Hanabry come out and say he's going to St Kilda. I mean, what do we make of all this trade, uh, free free agency and trade talk? Well, AFL clickbait season's officially begun. There's no doubt about oh, that. Oh, yeah. If you can get wind of a rumour, it becomes an article straight away. Uh we hear the, all this talk that it's going to be an enormous off-season, but we're sort of just waiting for someone to make the first move. I think Polex decided on North Melbourne. But He's as good as gone. We want yep. to see some action. Uh, when does it officially begin? The Monday, Monday after, after the grand final? Running. Still got let's just week hope. Apart. Let's just hope that it doesn't get to... I'm not sure how long the period goes for this it week. It goes for two weeks. Two, two, two weeks. It, why does all the action happen on the last two days? Like... Because they all the same amount of deals around. would get done if it was a month long period or a one week long period. Y- exactly. They I don't know why it's not Monday, around. Friday. Yep. Done. Give, give it one week. Open slather. Get the clubs. Because it's not like the clubs haven't been talking to each other. Yep. Uh, like as soon as the ball bounced in March, they would have been talking about each other. Do you think the AFL does it? So it generates interest over a long period. Keeps it relevant. Is that probably a genuine reason why? Absolutely. It's the same reason they bring in AFLX so they can play it for a longer period of time. People watch. The yeah, AFL. The yeah. AFL just want to become a 12 month a year sport, like yeah. sports like the NBA. I mean, that. how much do you think they generate from um, free agency Trades. and trade talk? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, another big one, Dylan Shield, yet to decide whether he wants to stay at GWS Giants. I mean, people just going to keep handpicking GWS Giants players? He, he's a, like, Dylan Shield is a, like an A grade talent, right? Mm. But if I was the Giants, I'd be happy that it's. Shield over Cali, Caniglio, or Whitfield. Yep. Caniglio is one of the better players in He's the comp. He's a star. If he, he really is. If he got his body 100% right, could play a full season. I mean, he goes down to full forward and yeah. he looks like a force. Look, it's like he's obviously not a free agent, no Shield, is he? No, no, no. So it's going to be a trade, and they're not going to give away duck's eggs for him, no. are they? So they're going to get something good in return. How much are duck's eggs? I don't know. <laughs> as are much as strawberries? I don't know. Not with needles in them. <laughs> they're not much um, at the moment. But, so, you know, they're going to get something good for him, but I just think the other three or four midfielders that they do have, and they have Hopper coming through, I, I, like, you know, it, it is bad for them, but is it the worst thing? No. But there's going to be someone squeezed out, isn't there? Yeah. Like, 
Hopper or Taranto or yeah. There's so many players that could be higher up the pecking order at another and club. other clubs. That's true, and yeah. that is true. Speaking and coming from a person who mustn't be very high on the pecking order is Chad Wingard at Port Adelaide. I mean, the club are um, very open about the the fact that they're telling him to go and explore his options. I mean, that's not a good sign for someone who is an All-Australian in their second or third year of football. Where do you guys sit on this one with Wingard? Like, is he the sort of player Port Adelaide should be willing to keep or should they be looking to bait him out to other clubs? And if you're another club, would you go after him? I think that, obviously, and you could tell from the last two years of his performance, I mean, he still can play a a good brand of football, but not, um, I suppose... Enough, can like continuously enough. I mean, yeah. he seems like a sort of bloke that doesn't really care too much, and that's sort of the rumours coming out that he doesn't work too hard off the track. Um, so you know, you know, it's, it's, it's a big price. Some people are throwing around eight, nine hundred. No way he's he's worth that. The, um, the, this might be in, like you might have a different opinion to this. I'm not too sure, but two or three years ago, like you'd see Port Adelaide on, you'd be like, yes, Chad Wingard, yeah, because he was. Watchable. It was very, very watchable, him and Gray together. And he was, you know, he was having six or seven shots on goal a game. He'd be he'd be really, like, he'd miss a number of shots, but, geez, he was damaging. And he was exciting to watch. And you'd be like, whoa, what's this kid got in store? And, you know, he started at such a high rate and high level when he first started that it was probably only really one way to go. But they were going better then as well as a club. Exactly I mean, they right. They made a preliminary final there. They finished fourth or fifth one year as well. Um, and he's the pl- he's the sort of player he's going to be in every team in the competition's best 22. Exactly. So unless you're, not, unless you're paying him overs, he, I, I don't understand why he's not a must-keep for them. And especially after that, the off-season they had last year where they threw a ton of money at guys like Rockcliffe, Watts, Motlop, to bring these players in and contend, it would be an almighty list management backflip if they went ahead and got rid of him for, say, Would a late first-round Say pick. if... Because if, if, what's, what's he worth? On the, the open table. market. Maybe, probably a first-round definitely He's definitely worth a first-round draft pick. If you had a first-round draft pick this year and you picked up a player like Strad Wingard, you'd be very, very happy with that. Like and To say that he'd be anything less than I a first-round draft, round draft pick... I think draft overrated. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. And, and he goes to Carlton and say he'd... He'd get paid eight hundred thousand dollars a year easily, right? Yes. If you're getting paid eight hundred thousand dollars a year, you're you're definitely worth a first round pick. Yes, hundred percent. So he's definitely. But worth then he's a... also in that age where what like he's what old. Get, like, I, I just of, don't understand why he'd get rid of him. Bit of Jake Stringer about this story, I think. I, I think, think he's that. a better player than Stringer. So do I. Yeah. I think that he's he's more of a package than the package, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I think that don't there's, down there. there's a bit bit. Bit to the same as him. Yeah. Jake didn't work hard enough at the doggies. Just time was up, and I think Ken Hinckley and maybe the coaching staff may have just been like, maybe it's time for him to for a change. Maybe it's time for us for a change. But, but I'll tell you what, Jack Watts is nowhere near the talent or Stephen Mollock of a Chad Wingard. I mean, if you're trying to bring a player like that in, why are you trying to push a player like Correct. Chad Wingard out? It's, yeah. it, it doesn't make too much sense, but. I, They've had one year into this real big crack at it after going after players last year. They need a good year next year. They do need a good year next year, but they still need it. I think they need to hold firm on their vision because although I don't think it's going to work for them, they need to at least believe that it will because, gee, it's a long road back if they, yeah. if they crash and burn now. What, what if, like, because people want to see Chad Wingard up through the midfield, no sort of thing. I'm of the differing opinion that he's most dangerous around 
20 out. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't think all defenders love to play on him. Yeah. Would you think? Like, no. if you saw Chad Wingo coming towards you and you're a defender, you're like, shit, I've got to be on my toes. Yeah. So I think, like, you've got to play this player in his position. 20 touch, two goals a game style player at half forward, isn't you know, it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, instead of trying to put make him someone he's not, play him to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Not a bad point, Josh. Um, anyone else that we has been talked about? I mean, we spoke Hanabry. about Hanabry. Um He came out today. It was very interesting, actually, to say that, you know, he's... Oh, don't he... direct quote me, but, like, his best is probably behind him. And, like, Saints fans aren't going to love that. No. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah it, was so, it was something along, you know, I, I might it. not get to back to that elite level. He did say that his running power was back to what it was. And he, he did felt, say that. He felt as free running as he ever, as he has. Yeah, but, so. he, but there was some quote and it was like, yeah, I might not be able to get back to that unbelievable level he showed a few years ago. Yeah, but, but probably not the statement you want to make when you're looking for a big five. That's deal, exactly, exactly right. I don't mind the honesty in all, in all. Like, he might just think, like, I'm, I can't get back to the level of top five in a Brownlow. But is that level still good enough to be one of the Saints' better players? Absolutely. Probably. I think so. So that that's exactly are. what the Saints fans, are, they can't have it all. Dan Hatterbury on one leg would get in the Saints' best every week. Exactly 100%. right. Um, do we want to change sports? We're going to hop, hop over hop to the uh, we'll hop over to the NRL. And there is a, another Melbourne team um, who is fighting for a grand spot, final spot. And it is the Melbourne Storm. And... It's pretty shocking scheduling to put the, the Storm on the same night as a AFL um, Friday night game, which seems yeah. very odd to me. I don't think there was a lot of coordination there between the NRL and the AFL, though. No. Todd Greenberg and uh, Gillen. Gillen didn't no. have too many conversations. No, I don't think they, they had their coffee meeting on Friday. No, no. I don't think so. Um, Silly. But what, a, what an organisation that one is. Yeah, um, I was listening today, and, and they had Dave... I forget his last Dave, name. Dave... Um, the CEO. Yeah. And he was talking, they were talking about... Dave Donahue. Yeah, something like that. They were just talking yep. about planning into the future. And you just see how strong an organisation are. They were talking about like Cameron Smith becoming a, a underneath Craig Bellamy, then all of a sudden becoming maybe the head coach. Like this organisation has so much stability. Mm. Like it, it is mind-baffling. Like they are nearly the most stable club in the, the competition. Well, the Melbourne Storm really put the NRL on their back. They're almost like the good boys... Of yeah. a ba- the pick of a bad bunch or something, yeah. you know, like, there are some serious meatheads in, in the NRL, aren't there? Oh, it's some shocking we, stories, isn't we, it? We get a Every few year, in the Mad AFL, Monday time. They just seem like... like what, it's not even Mad Monday for the Rabbitohs, they're still in. They've got a preliminary final on Saturday night, don't they? Yeah, they do. And Sam Burgess is facing sexting allegations and... Very interesting. Not the, uh, not the pre-match stuff you want to have. If you, if you want to hear a press conference about as useless as tits on a ball, go and watch Sam Burgess's press conference from Tuesday oh. afternoon. He called a press conference to say that he's going to make no further comment. That's I'm about no further comment. <laughs> it, it was just ridiculous. It, it, Matty, it's all the concussions they, they get. They can't think straight. Oh, I, d- I think they're pretty... I don't think they're... The sharpest tool in the in the shed. So we always talk about the Sydney Swans being this stable organisation, you know, and then we talk about the Storm being this stable organisation. Do you think it's because both teams are outside the what would you say the, the honeypot, the bubble of, of either sports? Yes, I think there's every reason to believe that that, that would have at least something to do with it. Um, th- there's not as much pressure on them. They know their yeah, niche noticed. market. Um, they've got a really settled supporter base that. Goes to their games regularly. They look after them. It's easy to look after them. They're not as competitive with other teams. Helps um, that Melbourne have an unbelievable success. facility as well. Yeah, correct. And success always helps that as well. 
It does. I mean, if, if the Gold Coast were in the preliminary finals this weekend, they might be revered in that sense. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but, they're, they're, but they're a long, long way from that. They are a long, long way away. And Stephen May's come out and said he, you know, they've met with Collingwood. So yeah. just another one that's another just disaster. leaving. Um, hopefully go. not a disaster this weekend. Just quickly, uh, the mighty Grace Tarpa. One more, Matty. One more crack at it. Well, we've said D-Day on a number of occasions, but I dare say... This, this is, is it on Friday. For, this is it. This is Michael grade. Jackson's last tour. This is yeah. it. He'll, yeah. he'll waltz up to the barriers at Flemington. And What's your he, gut feel? My no. gut feel is he gets out because he's he's gotten out over the past two weeks in private jump outs. And he did get out last time in an official jump out. Are they doing private jump outs with a few horses around him? They would oh, be. I'm tra- tra- they'd have to be, wouldn't I'd they? say it's probably just Hawks horses, yeah. But like, One he knows. He's going to waltz up to that barrier and let's just hope he... Surges out and storms home. Is there still a chance? Are they still open for a slot in the Everest? Is that right? Yes. So and there's still the, a few spots left. There's in the a spot Everest. open, and a lot of people don't realise that slot holders can chop and change horses whoever they like. It's yeah. up to them. So a week before the race, you know, a, a slot holder who, let's be honest, there's right English. It is going to run dead last. It, it was terrible on the weekend, um, and the tab I think have that slot. If Chautauqua jumps out well, they're going to give it to Chautauqua. Why wouldn't they? I mean, make it more interesting race. Thirteen million dollar race, and you've got an absolute donkey going around. English was was a great mare in her day. Two years ago, she's cooked. Yeah, and I put don't worry, I know I put money on it. Chautauqua is paying fifty one dollars right now to win the Everest. It's juicy. I'd be if he jumps out on Friday. I'd be staggered if he doesn't get a slot. I was. I was. I'd be staggered, and he will not go around fifty one dollars on race day. Put it that. Put it that oh, way. if he jumps, he oh, I was actually down. talking to a, a person though who uh, is a good like loves a punt um, and said there would not be a punter in Australia that would back Shatafa if it was running at a uh, benchmark sixty eight or whatever it is in a chuka. <laughs> he just said it would be foolish because <laughs> you just don't know what's going to happen. True, but fifty one clams is oh, as good of odds. Five you get. bucks <laughs> on a you get two hundred. Can you power play it or is it the all? Power play is seventy one. Oh, that's oh, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Mate. So do I only get one power play for the day? Yes. Are you going to have a bet today? Yeah, five bucks. There you, you go, Shatafa. Josh has just put the money on. Ride it home with us. That's going to go into the Coat Hoppers end of season trip. Um, well, it's going to be a massive weekend for, for all of us involved at the Coat Hoppers. Our little producer, Tommy, as well. He's, he's a Collingwood man. So um, to everyone out there, have a great preliminary final weekend. It is really a great weekend of footy. It is the true fans Adios. that are coming to the football. Um but yeah, go D's and go Pies, whoever you're back guys. for. So thanks for joining us. Melbourne fans breathe it in!